And welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 371. Hope you're having a, a good and safe week. Hope you've done something Doctor Who related. Related. Indeedy. Welcome to 371. If you're a new time listener, then welcome to the podcast. If you're back, if you're back as one of the old listeners, one of the old Grizzled Ancients, then welcome back too. It's good to have you all here. And this is a nice cup of tea, dude. You know when you make a cup of tea and you just think, this is a really nice cup of tea. <laughs> you ever yes. have that? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I just love cups of tea, mate. I absolutely, I love my cuppa. Yeah. I can't get the day going until I've had a cuppa. I am saying, yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, because like every single cup of tea you make is not identical. This is a, there's a science to this, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But just every now and then you just make an absolutely banging cup of tea and you just think, this is a nice cup of tea. Maybe it's just when you drink it at that perfect temperature, when you haven't left it too long mm-hmm. and it's not blistering hot and it's just right and then you get to the end of the mug and you think oh got no tea left now that's a bummer i normally get to the end of the mug and it's got scale in the bottom of it because <laughs> our, our <laughs> water's so hard here and sometimes i accidentally drink the scale and i go ah what was that and it's horrible but yes i do enjoy a nice cup of tea do you have a nice selection of mugs like yeah. i have this thing i've got loads of doctor who mugs obviously and i I often find it hard which one to pick. I'm like, now which one haven't I used for a while? Which Doc Two mug haven't I used for? Yeah, I'll read you. You got a yeah. nice selection of mugs your side? Yeah. Yeah, Doctor it's... Doctor Who um, ones or all Star Wars? Uh, no, I've got a couple of Doctor Who ones. I've got mm-hmm. this one, which is the... Uh, you can't see this listener, of course, but um, <laughs> this is the fourth Doctor. Would you like a Jelly Baby mug? Classic. Um, I've got this big TARDIS mug, which has got like some comic book strip style. Oh, um, yes. Stuff on it. And I've got another one as well, which is... Um, you know, the I think Forbidden Planet did as an exclusive years ago. I think it's just got it's got the TARDIS on it again and it's just got I don't know, I can't remember. So I've got yeah, I've got a few but not not a huge amount. Go, general mix. Going off on a mug tangent, do you remember those Doctor Who mugs that were um in the shape they did all the doctors in the shape of their faces? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I remember collecting. It. They yeah. were sort of, they were a piece of merch that was so bad, but somehow so <laughs> desirable. Like they, you know, when you like something because it looks weird. <laughs> so I've got a few of them. Um, I've got a, I've got the fourth Doctor one. And some of them had like a hat, teapot type roof. Yep. yep. Um, I mm. think the fourth Doctor one had a hat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so have you got any of those? No. No. I, uh, I remember the. Um, They've normally got loads of them in the Who shop in London. Yeah, oh, they might do, yeah. Yeah, whenever you go in there, they seem to just have loads of them. Maybe they got them like ah. bulk discount from the BBC or something. But um, even the last time I was in there, which is, well, I haven't been in there in ages, maybe a year and a half ago, they had, not every Doctor, but 
that had like three or four boxes of them and then one of them outside the box on top so you could see what it looked like. So I don't think you can find them that... Actually, yeah, um, the gift shop that they used to have at the Doctor Who Experience, that was full of them as well. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing loads of them in there. But you don't see them very much anymore. Maybe on eBay you'll get them, but... I was going to say, there might be a lot of listeners wondering what on earth I'm talking about because I don't think they were that popular i don't know how no, far they, they no. got out there but um if you know you know they were quite <laughs> quite something it reminds me a bit of like when you used to go in old pubs and they used to have those sort of mugs of faces all up on the top shelf you know what i mean like, what do you call them? like a got a gone goblet no not a goblet you know what i mean like like a gargoyle have, sort of thing gargoyle yeah yeah. Mm. yeah it reminds me of those sort of things yeah i know what you mean yeah but listener, if you saw them, you'd know straight away. You'd be like, oh, those things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, stuff and nightmares. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they looked quite uncomfortable to make a drink and drink out of them as well. <laughs> it did, actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm certain they were just for display only. Yeah. yeah. I knows? feel like I need to dig mine out now. So yeah, yeah. Have a look yeah. at it, yeah. Uh, actually, we saw them in FP a few times as well. Remember years ago when they had, um, when they just had a few little bits scattered around and... Mm-hmm. You'd see a few mugs there, and and that was it. But they must have sold them, so eventually, yeah, yeah. managed to offload them. Either that, or there's a big landfill somewhere just full of them. Or it's um, <laughs> the staff at FP did Secret Santa. Right, you can have anything <laughs> from the Doctor Who range because we're going to bin that anyway. So <laughs> go and pick something. They all won't pick those mugs. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they've still got it, but oh, on God. the counter at the back of FP, they used to have the Eighth Doctor one. But mm. they'd um, drawn, they'd used a pen and drawn like a moustache and glasses on him and stuff, <laughs> and it was full of pens. Oh, God. I don't know if it's still there. You, if you, because you, you might be going to London this Saturday, go and, go and see if you can track him down and take a picture. If he, surely he's still there. They've got, he's got to be there. There's no, yeah, there's oh, no I wish I had a photo of it to post. Yeah. I don't think I have, but anyway, yeah, go and see if he's still there. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll see if he's, I'll have to make a mental note of that because otherwise mm. I will forget. But yeah, he must be there. You can't yeah. bin off that, can you? No. Not with all so those we pens. know what happened to at least one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got a few, haven't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got a few. Yeah, up in the loft. <laughs> up in the loft. <laughs> they're not proudly displayed anywhere with the rest <laughs> of the merch. Just... There's no room for them things. <laughs> yeah. Well, why'd you buy them then? Well, they were just there, weren't they? Put they up can in go the in loft. The loft <laughs> or the garage. They're too, they're too big and clumsy to put in our tiny little mug cabinet. You'd oh. probably get about three in there. And every time you opened it, it'd just be like John Pert with his big nose sticking out. Oh, oh God, move that thing. Yeah. Imagine if somebody came round for a cup of tea and he brought one out in that. There you go. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. Mm. Next time the neighbour comes round. I will have to dig them out now. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, do that. Yeah, neighbours come around. Here we go. I've made a t- <laughs> tray out of all the these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, the crazy world of Doctor Who merch, eh? It's a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got some news for you this week. God blimey, Gov. Dear listener, <laughs> Governor. Yeah, we got some news, and then we're on to our review of the final ever, for now, episode of Torchwood. Yeah, it was miracle day. Miracle day. We made it. The Bloodline. So that's going to be interesting talking through that because if you've listened to the last few months worth of our reviews where we've gone through Tortured Miracle Day, it's been a bit up and down, to say the least. Yeah. So we'll mm. see how that finishes off 
etc. Before we crack on with the rest of the show, though, make sure that you are following or subscribing in your podcast app of choice so you won't miss an episode when it lands every single Friday. You can listen for free on the website as well, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk, and you can check out all of the cool reviews and articles from our writing team, which are going to start trickling in from um, what we're recording this on Wednesday, so from yesterday, from Thursday, um, if you're listening to this on, on launch day on Friday. And we're on socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, you can follow us on there. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and get involved there. And we have a very cool free Discord server, so hop in there and chat Doctor Who with lots of other very cool Doctor Who fans. And also, don't forget to remember to go <laughs> yeah, and do the right. thing on YouTube, which is go and search out Adam's channel. It's called The Geek's Handbag. There's a link on the website as well, if you uh, don't want to type. Um, but yeah, go and check out Adam's channel on YouTube. Loads of very cool vids over there. Isn't that right, buddy? Yes, indeed. Yeah, go and check out my channel. Also on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On the gram. Love yes. the gram. Yeah. To go and stalk him. <clears throat> uh, does he chat useful stuff or just rubbish? Go and find <laughs> go out and for find yourself. Out. Yeah. <laughs> go and find out. Um, but yes, in all seriousness, as I always say, there's loads of very cool stuff on Adam's channel. So grab a cup of tea, get comfy, fire that up, and you've got hours worth of, of very cool, entertaining, geeky videos. So go and do that. Uh, right, bud. Before we do the news, how have you been this week, dude? You uh, you chilled out. You watched any Who? Done anything? Mm, I haven't watched any Who. I've done, I haven't really done anything Doctor Who related, uh, apart from I did pop to Forbidden Planet um, the other week, which is pretty cool. Just to go in there, first time I've been in there since I've been back from the states, and um, they've got some couple of cool bits of new Doctor Who merch, which was nice to see. So they're they're already gearing up for the 60th anniversary, which was nice to see. So they got some exclusive T-shirts and stuff. Um, I bought a nice Cyberman one that they've just released. It's got like a big cyber head on the front and all the names of all the different Cybermen stories around it. So that was pretty cool. Um, they got nice badges and things as well. Uh, but apart from that, I haven't really done anything Doctor Who related, but I have done something Torchwood related. Yeah. Uh, not just uh, watching uh, Miracle Day uh, with matches holding my eyes open. Um, I also listened to a Torchwood audio a big finish audio. So they had a sale on uh, last week or the week before. And I've never bought any tortured audios um, from big finish, but I, I always hear that they're really good people. You know, it's a range that gets quite a lot of um, positivity towards it. People say it's a good range, you know? So I thought I might just dip in Might you know, they were really cheap. I think they were like, what was it? Four pounds or something each. I don't know. They were quite cheap. I thought I'll dip in. I'll grab a couple, see what they're like. Because you get the download straight away. That's what I like about Big Finish. And um, I'm a big fan of Murray Melvin. Uh, he played Billis. And um, mm. I just love that actor. And I, I, I like him as a person. Um, I just, uh, I, yeah, I've met him a couple of times. I just really like Murray Melvin. So I plumped for those. He's, he's done a couple of the audios. And I listened to the first one with him, which was called... Oh, what was it called? Deadbeat something. Deadbeat. Deadbeat. I can't remember now. Deadbeat Escape, that's it, yeah. Yeah, written by James <laughs> Goss. Really dark, um, really good story, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I could, I don't know, I mean, this is my first dip, in, dip of the toe into this range, but, um, yeah, it got, it got me off to a good start. It was a really good story. Um, production values are great, do you know what I mean? Big Finish are really good at doing all the creepy music and sound effects, and Murray was brilliant. Um, it, just a very simple story. He's, he's sort of running a hotel and a guy comes in needing a room and it all sort of descends into 
chaos and stuff. So yes, I really enjoyed that. And uh, the other one I bought, which I haven't listened to yet, I think it was called Corpse Day, which was one that people seem to rave about. Apparently, it's really, really dark. They're like, don't listen to this if you, you know, if you're in a bad place. I'm like, okay, but apparently, it's a great story. Um, and um, that one's got. Uh, yeah, it's got a good review. So I don't know. I haven't got around to listening to that yet. Um, but it stars Bern Gorman um, as Ka- as uh, Kyoe. That's Kyoe. sound right. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, you always do this. We always get him mixed up with... No, Kyoe is the actor who plays Reese, isn't Reese, it? Reese, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always do that. I think you do the same, don't you? I do all the time, yeah. Yeah, so. what is it about that? I don't yeah. know. So anyway. Bern Gorman, Owen Harper, your uh, Owen your Harper, that's yes. it, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've got that to listen to, and apparently that's a really good one. But I'm sort of... I've heard it's a really, really dark story. Um, so I'm not sure when to listen to that. Apparently you've got to be in the right mood. Yeah, PC <laughs> so Andy's sure. in that one as well. Who? PC Andy. Is he? All yeah. right, okay, cool, yeah. Yeah, apparently it's one of the best in range, so I've got that to come. But mm. Yeah, but yeah, so a little bit of... Uh, I haven't listened to any Big Finish in ages, mate. I don't know about you. I've I've really sort of um, just not had the time, I guess, over Christmas and New Year, but it's been quite a while. First Big Finish I've listened to in ages, and... Um, it was quite good, actually. I really, really sort of got back into it and thought, yeah, I need to sort of start checking out some of the ones I've bought and not, not got around to listen to. Yeah, I've got quite a backlog, so. Mm. Don't we all? Yeah. yeah. It's a production powerhouse. Oh, Big they finish. do. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's been my, my sort of week, really. What about yourself? Uh, not much for me, dude. I have been carrying on with the old rewatch, though. Oh, yeah. How's so, that going? Yeah. So I think the last time I spoke about it, which was a few episodes back, I think I was up to... Coming up to the end of season one, so I've just gone through uh, the Reign of Terror and then on to mm-hmm. season two. So now I'm up to the Crusade, um, which I'm just about to watch. So I've just done the Web Planet, so I'm up to the Crusade. Mm-hmm. But I know that there's two or three episodes missing, I think, from that story. So yeah, I have to see how that goes. So yeah, it's going steady. <laughs> it's going steady. So um, yeah, not too bad. That's that the only thing. Very I've done good. Me. Yeah. It's it's funny actually because we're um, we're not going to we'll just sort of briefly touch on this. Uh, uh, I can't remember if we talked about it already or not, but the, there is rumour, isn't it, about um, new animations coming uh, for some of the lost stories? And uh, there's a guy in the train station uh, where I live who's um, big Dot Two fan, and whenever he sees me, he comes up and talks to me <laughs> and stuff. And I w- went to the train station yesterday or the day before, was it? And he, I was just going to get the train, and I heard somebody shout at me, "The Savages!" And I went, what? <laughs> he said, the Savages is, is going to be animated. I was like, oh, is it? All right. And then I was st- um, stood chatting to him for ages thinking, I'm going to miss my train in a minute. But yeah, we were talking about the new animations. Um, so that's quite exciting, isn't it? That we, oh, Underwater Menace, he seemed to think was getting, um, oh, okay. getting uh, animation. And I said to him, oh, I, I do hope so, because the telly snaps for that are almost unbearable. They <laughs> so, are a little bit. Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty cool. So yeah, according to my little insider at the train station, um, <laughs> I don't know where he's. I mean, I know that I know that they've we've heard that there's going to be uh, animations and apparently colorizations as well. Um, yes, I had that. Yeah, but I haven't heard anything about which stores they're doing. So I don't know where he's got that at, uh, news from. What do you reckon about the colorization? By the way, are you, are you up for mm, that? I'm not sure. To be honest no, with you, I'm, I'm always not. in two no. minds about colorization. The reason being is. Um, yeah, well, it's impressive when you get it right. It does look, it can look very, very cool. My only thing is, like, is it ever worth doing? Like, 
why why would you want to colorize when you know the the black and white original is the intended um thing if you know what i mean so yeah i I think it's very cool and it yeah like i said if it's done correctly um it's a bit hit and miss though i think there's um the last time i watched anything like that i think was at christmas a couple of years ago you know um it's a wonderful life oh yeah you can get that in the colorized version and it um yeah it just doesn't add anything to me it's like you know i don't know so what do you think are you um would you like that with your colors I'm intrigued by it. I mean, I, oh. I love black and white anyway. I think it gives it a really, <clears throat> excuse me, really creepy atmosphere, black and white. I think it adds something to it rather than take take anything away. The only thing that reason I'm intrigued really is because, you know, like on Twitter, you'll often see people like fans that have colorized little clips. Yeah. And I often think how good they look. I think, oh, that's, you know, so I, uh, you know, because obviously they're not going to, it's not like we're not going to be able to watch the black and white anymore. If they did it as a set where you get, the black and white and a coloured version. I think that would be interesting. I, I would definitely be up for it. But the other thing I keep thinking as well is how good will it look? Because it's all—it's one thing looking at a little thing on your phone that somebody's done. That looks great. But as soon as you, you know, that's on a small screen, as soon as mm. you actually see the actual thing, is it going to look a bit ropey? I don't know. It depends. I don't know <clears throat> where the technology is at this stage. Because I remember when they colourised um, all the Lauren Hardy shorts, and uh, to be honest, they didn't look that good. I mean, that is going back. I suppose that is a while ago now. Mm-hmm. They could probably do it a lot better. But they all came out on DVD with color versions, and I would never watch any of them over the black and white. It just, it just wasn't that great. I don't think. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But the technology's probably moved on a lot since then. Because thinking about it, those DVDs came out ages ago. So they did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what it's like for video footage, but certainly for photographs and images. Um, you can get reasonably close with AI mm. these days. Um, when I've had to colour a few things for work, um, you run it through an AI and it gets you kind of 80% of the way there. And then you just refine it and tweak it after that. So I'm just not sure about the video. Maybe it is the same with video. You just sort of let the let the software do its thing, yeah. see how well it does, and then you sort of touch it up, I guess. But I just think there are more things that you could spend the money on for Doctor Who. Mm. Um, like, yeah, just... Uh, you know, um, I, I would much rather just have a bunch of animations for the lost episodes rather than colorized stuff. But that's just me. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I'm more interested in filling the gaps. It does make me wonder about the Blu-ray sets, though, because I'm thinking, obviously, with the season two just coming out, you know, it just mm. featured the telesnaps. snaps. I'm thinking, oh, should we have just waited a bit longer for that set to come out so they could have put a nice animation in? I don't know. I, was, I just... The cynic in me just thinks the BBC are thinking, oh, it's fine, we'll just release the story and you'll have to buy it again to get the animation. I mean, it's just... Uh, but as they're supposed to be the sort of definitive sets for each season, I kind of wish maybe they'd sort of waited a little bit if they're going to mm. animate them. I don't know, but then how long is that going to take? Forever, maybe. Uh, who knows? But yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Okay. <laughs> okay, so fairly light on the old Doctor Who stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Uh, right. I suppose we better land this and, and do a bit of news, I guess. Do a bit of news. A couple of quick updates then to let you guys know what's going on. In the world of Doctor Who, the first one is we have a Series 14 update, which is a couple of casting announcements. One is a... 
a long timer. No. Regular, <laughs> modern series regular coming back mm. in uh, uh, via Kate uh, Lethbridge-Stewart, played by Gemma Redgrave, Redgrave obviously. Mm. She is back for series 14. She's in the trailer. Is she in the trailer? No, she's mm, not. No, I don't think she's in the trailer. No, she's not. Sorry. My mistake. My bad. But she is back, so we can assume, rightly or wrongly, that we've got some unit action happening in mm. Series 14. And um, we also have a newcomer joining the cast, uh, which is Welsh actor uh, Aniron Barnard. So he is uh, best known for playing Davy in the film Hunky Dory and Claude in the American thriller drama The Truth About Emmanuel. I've not seen either, so I can't comment, um, <laughs> but... Uh, um, he played the husband of Scylla Black, Bobby Willis, in the biopic about the star's life, apparently, as well. Oh, right. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, in Doctor Who, though, he will be playing a character uh, called Roger App Gwilliam. So, obviously, you know, they're <laughs> leaning into the Welsh stuff yeah. there as being a Welsh actor. Uh, so, both actors will, I assume, already have done a bunch of stuff or will be filming a bunch of stuff for Series 14, which, uh, which joins us uh, later on this year. So... Uh, I know that you've got a thought on one of these people returning. So mm -hmm. are you not looking forward to Gemma Redgrave back? <laughs> no, no, I am. I just think yeah. she's quite a bland character. <laughs> I, I mean, I just was thinking about her in um, in The Power of the Doctor and all I can think of her is just standing around. <laughs> I don't know. She's not... I, I'm not... I think it's great unit of back and stuff. Um, and I think I like the sort of outfit they've given her. This To me, it feels like the styling of this era is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, so, in other words, I like the promo shot that they've released and, and what she's wearing and stuff. So, yeah, and no, I think it's kind of cool she's back. I just... I'm not the... I find the character a bit boring. And also, she has popped up quite a lot. She's not quite on River's, um, <laughs> River Song scale, but... She she has popped up quite a few times, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah. So I wasn't I, I wasn't as excited as I saw a lot of people. Were. People seem to be you know really really pleased she's back, which is cool. Um, the other guy never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard of him, <laughs> and I've never heard of any of those programs either. So I have no idea. Um, funny looking chap, isn't he? He's one of those that's sort of weird looking but handsome rolled into one. I mean, I don't know. He's just a funny... He's got an interesting face. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to seeing who he is and what his character's all about. An um, interesting face. Yeah. Well, original. he's got... I don't know. He's just... Yeah, he's intriguing, isn't he? Mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know any of those programmes. I think I did watch the Scylla thing. Um, was that the one with Sheridan Smith? If it is, I did watch that. But I don't rem remember him in it, so... Mm. I've not seen know. it, dude. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the promo pictures that the BBC released there, they're very simple, but I like them. Do you know what I mean? Do you, yes, do you feel you the same looking at those? Yes. They've just got something about them mm. I quite like. I read you. Yeah. Like the outfits and the backgrounds, just very hmm, minimalist, but good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, good to see Gemma back. Uh, in other news, we got two big finish stories uh, coming out, which are based on in brackets lost <laughs> stories, because <laughs> they're not really lost, are they? I mean, they've they've both been released before, but these are both basically early draft versions of two classic Tom Baker stories. Um, so the first one is called Doctor Who and the Ark, which is basically the Ark in space, but this is. Um, the they're doing an audio of like the original script which apparently was quite different to what 
ended up on screen. And then the second one's called Dalek's Genesis of Terror, which is uh, based on Terry Nation's first draft for Genesis of the Daleks. So they've both sort of, they're not really lost. They're both, they've both ended up on screen, but it looks like these are sort of um, early draft versions that be big finish of, of uh, produced. Um, they, they have done this before. They did a couple, hmm, was it last year or year before? Um, and I did get them. And uh, they were really good. <laughs> I can't remember what they were, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe it's a couple of years ago. Do you know? No. 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 I can't think which stories they were. Um, any big Finnish listeners will know. But they were quite good. And it's basically starring Tom Baker as the fourth Doctor, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sadie Miller, um, Liz Slater's daughter, plays Sarah Jane Smith. And I I think she's very good, actually. I'm not a big fan of the recasting that Big Finish are doing. They're doing a lot of it. But Sadie does sound a lot like her mum. And I think she works really well as Sarah Jane because that is a character that is so iconic to recast her, I think, is brave. But Sadie Miller does a very good job and I think she's good True. in it. Yeah. you got Christopher Naylor as uh, Harry Sullivan and um, he was on the other audios they did that I can't remember the names of, but uh, he was very good as Harry as well. Um, so I must admit, I'm quite intrigued by these. I will probably get them um, because they're two stories I really, really like. I don't know how different these versions are going to be to what ended up on screen. Um, but even if they're fairly similar, I think I'll quite enjoy them because they're two classic stories, aren't they? So I'll tell you what else is selling it to me. <laughs> the covers. I think the covers yeah, on these definitely. are absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I kind of just want to buy them for that alone. So I will probably get both of these, I think, when they come out in, when is it, March, I think. Let's have a look. They're available to pre-order now. They're fourteen ninety nine for CD, twelve ninety nine for download. Just as late as sure this year. Yeah, yeah. I think it's March this year, is it? Anyway, they're out soon. Now, uh, I can't remember where you're up to with your big finish. Whether you're still buying them or not, but do these intrigue you at all? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, this is uh, two must pickups for me, mate. Yeah, you're yeah. going to get these, yeah. Defo, yeah, yeah. Defo. I love these. Um, I think the Ark in Space is probably going to be the the one that's um the most different from the televised story i think yeah because um although there's a few i think there's a few different drafts of the genesis of the dalek script that ultimately ended up on screen i think the 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 main narrative and the story is relatively similar i think there's just a a few different kind of key scenes that they changed whereas i think um the ark in space that was rewritten and then there was an uncredited rewrite as well and some other bits, and I think that's going to be a quite a dark story. Mm. That one because they did cut out a few bits that they even filmed as well. That are they go into a bit more detail apparently in this story for ah. Doctor Who in the Ark. So I think that one's going to be a bit darker and a little bit, a bit more of a, a, a digression, if you like, from the narrative of the televised story. Um, but mm. I think both look really good. I think the um, both of them have got really lovely cover art, as you said as well. And uh, yeah, so this is pre-orders for me, dude. I can't wait for these ones. Yeah, mm. the the other one I was trying to remember was uh, Return of the Cybermen, which was obviously the sort of early draft of uh, Revenge of the Cybermen. So actually that f- slots in quite nicely with these two releases as well because they're from the same same season. So yeah, I'm definitely intrigued to see them. And as I said, I don't. a lot of people are saying they're pointless, they're, they're probably not that different to what was on screen, blah, blah, blah. You know, people like to moan. I don't really care because I think what ended up on screen were great stories anyway. So just interesting to hear 
you know, a, a different version of them on audio, I think. So, yeah, definitely going to get these. And they are out in May. There we go. Well, Genesis of Terror is out in May and uh, the Ark is out in June. So, yeah, you can pre-order those now. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. We'll put a link over to the Big Finish site um, in the show notes. So you can pop over there and uh, and get those pre-ordered. They do look very cool, I must admit. So They do. Yes. Righty-o, dude. That's news done. On to review. What we got? Oh, at last. <laughs> you know that gift from Titanic where it's the old lady saying, it's been 84 years. I <laughs> feel like I'm finally living that gift for real. So we are finally at the end of Tortured Miracle Day with the final episode in this series and the final episode to date of Torchwood. And it's called The Bloodline. It's almost within sight. The new world. And this is just phase one. I think I found it. Yeah, please. Many ghosts. It's like they broke the world. Why would you want this? This is only stage one. We tear down in order to rebuild. The world's been turning for over four billion years. There's so much buried under its skin. Somebody betrayed us. Who are you? I come from the future. Maybe you must know. Do we make it through this day? These are the days of the miracle. We're dead! Don't forget it, we're dead! I'll see you. You will die. Is that what you want? I think I've lived long enough. You will die. You will die. Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah, at this point, uh, possibly. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just jest, of course. Maybe. Right, Torchwood, the bloodline, the final ever episode of Torchwood was first broadcast on the 9th of September 2011 in the US and then a week later on the 15th of September here in the UK. It was directed by Billy Gearhart. It was written by uh, Russell T. Davis, who is credited as writing the story, and then Jane Espenson and Russell writing the teleplay, I guess, the screenplay for it. Mm -hmm. It was produced by Kelly Manners. It stars the usual cast that we've had throughout Miracle Day, so John Barham and Eve Miles, Mekki Pfeiffer as Rex Matheson, um, Alexa Havins as Esther, uh, Kai Owen as Reese, and then Bill Pullman as Od Oswald Danes, and also Lauren Ambrose as Jilly Kitzinger. And the synopsis for this final episode is the Torchwood team travel around the world on a final desperate mission. The three families are unstoppable, unless a terrible sacrifice is made. Can the miracle that has cursed humanity be reversed? So, dude, mm. what did you think to the bloodline? Well, um, you know I told you that on the DVD slash Blu-ray of these, you get the little 30-second intros by uh, John Barham and Rusty Davis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, so for this one, they're really trying to big it up. It's only 30 seconds. John Barrowman looks like he's so relieved that it's the last one he's got to film. He's like, so this time somebody's going to die, but I'm not going to tell you who. And Russell D. Davis says, so here we are at the end. You get answers. You get all the questions answered. And believe me, you're not going to be disappointed. And I thought, okay, <laughs> let's get into the episode. I'm not going to be disappointed, Russell says. Russell, <laughs> I was disappointed. Oh, no. I found this tedious <laughs> i mean oh i've never looked at a clock so much in my life i was just like oh, i just wanted it to wrap up i mean half an hour in and i'm just i honestly might have struggled with it i i just found the whole episode just tedious to be honest because the thing is 
this story really, I mean, it's a good concept. I'm talking about Miracle Dad's Hole, a good concept, but only really enough for like two, maybe four or five episodes max. I would say this is probably a two-parter story that's been stretched over 10 episodes with loads of filler. And by the time we've got to this final, there isn't enough going, there isn't enough um, meat on the bones to keep me interested. I, I, I just wanted the story wrapped up. I wasn't really invested in what was going on. Um, there were explosions, there was stuff happening. I mean, at least it wasn't, at least the pacing was a bit quicker this this week you know it wasn't slow like the penultimate episode where they were trying to be really slow and talky but there was still loads of talking i mean it's just exposition and explosions and shouting and you know trying to make it an exciting final but the subject matter itself to me is just so stale at this point that i didn't really care about anything that was happening on screen nothing at all i didn't even care if they reversed the miracle day i'm just like look just just wrap this story up because I'm bored. So bored. Bored of the characters. Mm. Um, bored of this series. Um, yeah. I mm. mean, as finals go, sorry, as episodes go, it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't slow or in that sense. It, it had stuff going on and it did wrap up the Miracle Day story. But the problem is the Miracle Day story just isn't that good. Um, it's just... Yeah, it just, just didn't entice me at all. I, I just couldn't wait for it to finish. And and when it did end with Rex, with that, I mean, clearly this was going to, when Russell wrote this, I think they obviously assumed they'd be more tortured because judging by that ending, um, so, you know, listeners, if you haven't watched it, and I'm sure you have, Rex is shot, but then he's because he's got Jack's blood in him, he gets to do the... <gasps> And he comes back alive, and then this, and then that's the end of the episode. And I was like, "What the hell?" I was just like, "What is this?" Uh, yeah, oh, mate. Honestly, I'll try. I, I need to calm down because I'm getting a little bit ranty. <laughs> but it, it just it frustrated me on quite a lot of levels, to be honest. One positive, as I will say, just before I get your opinion on it, is that I could tell that Russell was back. I could see that he was trying. I could almost visually see him pulling the strands together, trying to make something of the mess that all the other writers had made of quite a nice <laughs> idea that he'd come up with. So I could sort of feel his input in this story, which was a definite plus. You know, he tried to put a bit of emotion in there. There was a nice speech about remembering those who, even the ones that we don't remember their name. And I thought, this is very Russell. I, that's the side of the episode I liked. I could feel his input. But sadly, it was too little, too late, and I just didn't really care about anything that was going on in it. I was just glad it was over. Oh, dear. What do you think? Oh, dear. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> as far as, far as um, finales go for um, for TV, uh, in the world of Doctor Who, whether it's Who or Torchwood or Sarah Jane, I think this is one of the... Um, I think it's just one of the, the the episodes where you can see that a lot of a lot of work and love has gone into it, but it's just. <laughs> I'm really tr I'm trying to find words that are mm -hmm. sort of you know I don't want to be passively aggressive, um, you know. But <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, the last two episodes of Miracle Day are just bad. Let's mm -hmm. just let's just. It's it's very difficult to come back from 
because I we thought it was going to lead up, didn't we? When we spoke, especially when we got to the the halfway point, and then a couple of episodes prior to to this, where we thought, okay, well, they're clearly leading up to something. And then when we got to the penultimate episode, last one that we did, which was the gathering, we thought. Okay, there are lots of red flags here. We've gone from, you know, having this big mysterious thing, which is, you know, it, it was just a bunch of things rolled into a, some nonsense, really. So we had the morphic field, we had the blessing, whatever that is, and then the miracle itself. And we were sort of thinking, this is going to build up into some very, very cool big two part finale. And then at the end of the gathering, it turns out that it's just a, a, a link that goes through the, the planet that links. Was it Buenos Aires and it was a it Singapore? Is it something yeah. like that? And um, and yeah, it's uh, and it turns out it's just something. Well, we don't really get a proper explanation. That's the frustrating thing because you oh, mentioned no. that Russell was on the intro and he's like, "Look, this is uh, you're going to get all the answers. You know, all the questions that you've been asking yourself yeah. throughout the series. You're going to get all these answers and all these answers and stuff." And then we don't even really get a proper a proper explanation for anything, really. It's just Jack kind of guessing at what happened um, uh, with this stuff. So um, I think Jack goes on to say that maybe this happened when the Earth was initially created or something like that. And then he goes on mm. to say that actually it's probably something to do with some ancient Silurian... Um, you know the gods and stuff like that and yeah you know it just it it just waffles like the last half an hour of this episode it's just one big waffle yeah. of the um of jack because even when they get to so in the last episode you know when um when what's her face uh turns up kissing uh, she's like she's confused as we all are as the viewer when she you know we're looking at this big entrance into the core of the world and it looks like a big cave mm. and all the rest of it and the the lady that's that's with her, who's one of part of one of the three families, I think. You know, she's trying to explain that when you gaze into it, it often reflects back at you like your true self. And so mm. there's like another little weird thing that's they sort of folded into the story, which doesn't make sense. And she's trying to figure it out. And so you thought that when we get to the finale, there'd be some concrete thing. So when Gwen first looks at it, you know, she's like upset and, you know, she's full of guilt, full of guilt, obviously. And she just writes that off very quickly. And Jack's Jack, yeah. you know, we, all that stuff. And then Jack tries to tell us, I think he's like kind of doing a little bit of expositional thing where he's trying to tell us the viewer as well as telling, you know, what's going on. But it doesn't, it doesn't land. None of it lands. So no, you end up it. at the yeah. very end of the episode thinking, right. The whole thing just feels very pointless because it started off with, although it was a bit ropey, the whole the series as a whole, it started off a bit like, oh, okay, it's not as good as Children of Earth or some previous tortured, but it's got little nuggets that you can kind of cling on to and you think that could be cool and the big mystery of the miracle, it could be cool. So you, when you get to the end and you see this, it's just like, oh all of the stuff they went through to the beginning and all of that. And they try and do a little bit of redemption, I guess, with Gwen's dad. That's a lovely moment where Reese is yeah. there and he's talking to, to Gwen's dad. And then the, the last bit, so as Adam said, listener, there's obviously spoilers here, but the last bit when 
um, Rex and Jack are supposedly sacrificed to save the world. There's that lovely bit, and you, you're absolutely right. Russell's all over it. There's that lovely bit where it feels like the world is having like a last final breath, mm. and then everybody sort of passes away as they should do. And that's so you you kind of try and re- redeem that stuff, but then that all gets undone immediately afterwards. Whether at the funeral for Esther, because um, one of the dudes from the three families he shoots her to try and stop those guys from from sacrificing themselves. And there's a lovely moment with the funeral and stuff. And then that all gets undone because the 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 traitor that was in the CIA gets gets shot after Rex and he's back to life. And then the whole thing just ends on a... Because we have to remember, right? Because I'm waffling now, I'm, I'm aware of that. But we have to remember that Tortured was never officially cancelled. It was only ever put on, however you want to describe it, hiatus, suspended mm. hiatus, whatever. So we yeah. can only assume that Rex is going to be back at some point and Jack is still with us and Gwen and everything. But um, the way that they ended it made me think of... Uh, a really big rant that Simon Pegg had years ago about Star Wars. And let me explain. So in Star Wars, there's a quite a good parallel here with Torchwood to bear with. In Star Wars, for many years, when the original trilogy was out and all that stuff, the Force was this mystical thing. And it was like, any, anyone that knows all that stuff, you know what I mean? Yoda describes it very very lovely to Luke, you know, that the, the force is the thing that binds everything in the universe together, all that stuff. And then when the prequels came out, George Lucas just completely effed it all and made the force about some kind of blood thing, like the midichlorians that like, is your blood count have a certain amount of midichlorians? Because that's like the vessel that channels the force. And you just think, oh, for God's sake. So it's gone from mm. this very cool mystical great thing into now becoming some kind of and simon pegg went on a massive rant about this it was really funny <laughs> the parallel with torchwood is that up until this point actually up until about midway point you assumed that this miracle or the blessing or whatever it is is some kind of mystical thing some kind of alien thing that's you know controlling the earth and controlling what's going on and you think okay it's going to be some big there's going to be like a massive alien ship that's hovering over the earth that's doing all this or some kind of whatever. And then it turns out that no, it's, it's down to Jack's blood. That's what the whole thing boils down to mm-hmm. is that, um, when Jack was, um, strung up many years ago that we saw the flashbacks episode with, they drained his blood, they kept it and fed it to the blessing that then as Jack kind of tells us at the end that maybe the blessing went into some kind of safety mode and stopped everybody on the, on the planet from dying because you know, and all that stuff. So it really boils down to even Jack himself as a character, instead of having this very cool reason why he's immortal now boils down to, Oh, it's something to do with, you know, whatever's in his blood. And then his blood ends up in Rex via a transfusion. And now Rex can't die because he's got Jack's blood. So the whole thing now becomes this very diluted, flat, just mundane kind of reason why everything has happened. And that's mm. the biggest disappointment for me, dude. I can put up with the the, the mid-series lag and the slowdown and the padding and everything because that's just TV sometimes. But what I can't get my head around... and the biggest disappointment, like I said, is this whole 
the last two episodes have just become about Jack's blood. So in reality, Miracle Day could have been a very lovely, succinct little six-parter like Children of Earth, and it would have been much better. But now we've drawn this whole thing out, and we're at this point where, you know, this cool thing that we knew about Captain Jack and his character is now just, well, if you watch Doctor Who, then that's great because Jack's character is this immortal thing that's very mystical and something to do with the TARDIS energy and, you know, all that stuff. It's great, you know, when Rose was, you know, brought him back to life and it's got that lovely feeling about it, which Russell obviously wrote initially. Lovely stuff. Now when you watch Torchwood, Jack's character is just, uh, he's just a dude, but, you know, his blood happens to be quite valuable. See, I was so, assumed that it was when Rose saved him that he became immortal. That's, that's what I mean, that's what yeah. what the whole thing is. Yeah, so the TARDIS yeah. energy that Rose had absorbed, and yeah. then when she saved him... Made him a him, fixed point in time. Yeah, and brought him back. That's all got a very, very cool, science fiction-y, fantasy kind of feel to it, which is awesome. Yeah. But when you watch Torchwood, up until Miracle Day, and you get to the end of Miracle Day, it's like, uh, it doesn't just it doesn't ring true anymore. It just feels like, yeah. I, I don't, so, anyway... Rant over, waffle over. I thought it was okay, but a massive letdown as a finale and as a series, dude. Yeah, I guess they yeah. use the word flat there, and I think that's that's the thing. And it's just flat. It doesn't evoke any sort of or provoke any sort of reaction, or it's kind of a just is that it? And it does feel like there may have, you know, it feels like they're sort of um, setting up for the next series. You know, Kissinger runs after that mysterious bloke in the on the park bench something about well that was a trial run but we've got plan b and so she runs after him i thought what's that about you know so is that setting up what was going to come in in the next series which never happened of course she got rex coming back alive so he's obviously going to be you know part of the torchwood team we assume going forward it feels like there's a lot of setup going on uh, at the end of this and um which obviously never never leads into anything i mean i couldn't take any more of rex if they did another series he was doing my head in to be honest <laughs> yeah. dreadful character um but the thing is i think the frustrating thing you're absolutely right is that the i i mean i felt like i've wasted 10 hours of my life watching this series oh. i honestly felt like that i thought i've got <laughs> i've got nothing from it apart from sort of um disappointment really and it's a shame <laughs> because it <laughs> it did have some good ideas you know i think like you just said it started off quite intriguing you know mm-hmm. with the the whole concept of people not dying and people looting and you've got the you know the guys on the street in the scary masks which we hardly saw any of and you know there's a mystery there but the only episode that sticks in my mind the only one that i can even really remember anything about is the one um where jack you know, the, we got the backstory where where it went back in time and we saw Jack strung up and, and quite a sort of nasty, gory episode, but it had, at least it had a, a story and it had content that was interesting yeah. and seemed to be going yeah. somewhere. That's the only episode really in this whole series that at the minute is springing to mind. And I, I just feel like, yes, it was way too stretched out over 10 episodes. I feel like Russell came up with this concept, good idea, had a bit of input, but mainly handed it over to these other writers, said, right, this is, you know, this is the story. These, this is what's going to happen. This is what's about. Go and fill, you know, go and put the meat on the bones and I'll come back and and um, finish it all up. And I would imagine when he come back or 
basically didn't have that much involvement in the majority of the series. He's just overseen it and written the start and the end. Really, it's just they've not made the most of his idea. If I was Russell, I'd be quite disappointed in what the writers came up with for the sort of chunk of this series. They, I don't think they've they've um, exploited the idea to its potential. And, you know, the episodes yeah. have felt really filler. And I think there is quite a bit you could have done with it. Um, the concept, I mean, there is quite a bit they could have done with it. But even even that, I think, is stretched out too much over 10 episodes. I think that's the biggest fault as well, isn't it? It's just... Yeah, a little bit. The story is not yeah. strong enough for, for, that ser- for a series like that. No, it's, it feels like... Um it feels like as you as you went through the series they were the the writers were kind of pulled in various different directions mm. so that's fine if you want to treat that as a sub thread that you either decide to um, wrap up there and then in an episode or you carry it on a little bit throughout the series but it felt like every single sub thread was a big important thing that was going to keep recurring throughout the series but they just seemed to abandon certain things and you were Are just... you thinking of the floor by any chance? <laughs> well, yeah. That's <laughs> what the... happened to that blimmin' floor? We had a whole episode about it. Yeah, the gold-plated floor. Never, yeah, that's um... never to be mentioned again. Well, yeah, that was the whole because that was very cool in itself. That was um, that was a whole this thing that was disrupting the morphic field. That was yeah. That was um, that 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 allowed um the the guy to die. He was was it Angelo? Was it Angelo? Angelo yeah. Was that him? Um, yeah. That Jack the whole reason why this is you know happening with jack's blood is because of angelo and this disruption of the morphic field you think and they even try to well russell we love you dude but they even try to bring that back up because i think there's a there's the last 20 minutes of this episode is essentially just everybody shouting at each other yeah and there's a bit where jack's like blah 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 morphic field Blah 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 blah, and you think it's too late for that, mate. Yes, you yeah, can't bring gone. you can't bring that up. It's gone. You you abandoned that storyline very abruptly. Yeah, you know, two episodes ago. So you can't just throw that in there and be like. <laughs> so anyway, it's the it's the things that they ditched along the way, and you thought, I don't know. Some with some TV series, you can tell that something's not quite hitting right. Something's not quite landing. And so they sort of change course a little bit, you know, and that's all good. But with this, there was no reason why they changed course and it was just left. The Another good one that you brought up was the guys in the masks, you know, the very early on, like the cult mm. of whatever it was. And that just fizzled. And you just thought, well, that was a really good idea. Yeah. You know, that could have been very cool. But uh, yeah, yeah. How I'm, many writers have we actually had on this? Is it, is it a case of too many cooks in the kitchen? Is it, is it? There's no cohesion between. Is that a word? Cohesion, cohesion between yeah. the, between the sort of episodes. Like I said, there's a lot of potential, a lot of good ideas being thrown in the mix, but none of it actually flows or works together. So, let's have a look. Who? Who? How many writers have we got? Screenwriters. Oh, I don't know. There's well, a few different people: Jane Etspan, John Saban, Ryan Scott, John Fay, Jane yeah, Epson John. again, Doris Egan. So there is quite a few people writing different episodes um maybe that yeah do you think that's that could be a case of too many cooks in the kitchen mate just not working together <clears throat> um, to make this flow well that's 
Well, yes and no. Or is that I Russell's mean, job? I mean, should Russell be overseeing this and making, filling in the gaps? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's an excuse, buddy. I think, um, right. yeah, because a lot of TV is like that now. So yeah, yeah. Um, whenever you watch, I don't know, anything modern, like Stranger Things, mm. um, uh, especially in the, the latest season, I don't think all of them were written by the Duffer brothers. I think they were. No, all, no, they weren't, no. Yeah, they're all written by different writers, but it's down to the producers and the showrunner and those people to keep, you know, a tight grip on the reins to make sure that the story is, um, is cohesive. Like you said. Um, mm. so I'm, I'm under no, un, under no illusion that there, there was some, there was some hardships, I guess, with doing this because of the change in production and everything. So we've gone from tortured being a very, um, quintessentially BBC Wales production that's filmed very much in Cardiff and everything to this kind of joint production with the US or Canada, whatever it was and, and all that stuff. So that's a challenge in itself, I guess, but you know, it's still, you, you still nail everything before you even start the cameras rolling. Like you spend sometimes months, sometimes years with writers, you know, called the writer's room where you get everybody in a room and you just, you put down all of the story and the ideas and then you mm. you you um you keep going through that and you thrash it out and you put together a you know a, a series across a number of episodes so you know exactly what's going on with the characters a start and end point you know all that stuff so I'm, they probably did that but it just feels like along the way they were like nah, we've had some feedback that that's not really working like this actors complained about that or this producer said that's not working or let's do that it feels like along the way the solid plan that they probably had has just been tweaked and moved and shifted so you end up with these little threads that are seemingly important <laughs> but mm. then like i said fizzed out fizzled out along the way um but we're no experts in tv production so that's not a concrete thing it's um you know it's just our guess but uh, you, go on. I was just going to say, do you know what the other thing I think as well? As well as too many ideas in this series, I think we got too many characters. So we had, we had some good characters introduced that were just just seemed to disappear or die or blow up. So you know, like the guy from Jurassic Park turned up and then blew his head off, and and then in this final, we seem to have got <laughs> blew his head off. <laughs> <laughs> we've got sort of two new characters that have come in. So you have got that woman who's you know. Um, in front of the morph, uh, not the morphic field. I've got that stuck in there. She's in front of the cave. You know that woman. Where did she suddenly pop up from? Like this new villain antagonist. So who's that? Um, and then you've got loads of characters at the start of the series. It just again, it just feels like there's no sort of main baddie or villain that you can sort of apart from Dane, who just again just feels uh, Oswald Dane. Apart from him, he's sort of the only sort of main villainous thread in it, and even he seems pretty pointless at this point. Um, yeah. but you know what I mean There's, they keep throwing in these bad guys throughout the whole series so, so the, the one in this episode is the woman who only got introduced was that last week we got to meet her this mm -hmm. woman in the cave I mean who is she where, who is she where, you know, where, why, how are we supposed to sort of care about her you know, she's just been thrown in right at the end of the series from nowhere so I think that's the other thing as well no co cohesive sort of threat or villain you know, yeah. and we don't really know what's going on in the Miracle Day, so that doesn't count. You know, that's not a, a, a main thing. So it's just, again, too many characters to get to know or even care about. No sort of, no sort of cohesive threat or villain. 
and just so many ideas um, thrown into the mix that it, it it just ends up feeling like a complete mess. I mean, this 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 episode, this final, to me is is just a mess. Really, mm. it's saved yeah. by the odd nice moment, which is why I said I can feel Russell's input. It's saved by those little heart warming moments like Gwen's dad and um, the girl whose name we don't know, you know, uh, in mm. the story that is for once, not a name we've forgotten, but in the story, <laughs> we don't know her name. So it's saved really by those little moments, but the rest of it is a complete mess. I mean, what was going on with that scene at the end with the lift? What is, did it suddenly turn into a comedy sketch show with Gwen and the girl having a fight and, and pressing the up and down button on the lift? I was thinking, the tone of that was just totally wrong. I was like, is this supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be an action sequence? What's going on here? And also the fact she just leaves Jack for dead. Oh, well, he's obviously dead. Even though she knows he's going to come back alive. She just leaves him on the floor for dead, starts going up in the lift. And then the next thing you know, her and Kissinger are having a right full on, you know, bitch fight. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, what what was that scene about? Did you think that seemed clunky? A little bit, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think when I don't think she did know that Jack was going to come back to life because. All oh, um, right, you just thought she she just go leave him down. There. Yeah, I mean, she was yeah. hard ass at the end. I mean, fair play to she Gwen. Was, <laughs> she yeah, was I was like, say she was one of the few good things in it. Yeah, Eve Miles has been a solid, a solid character. Yeah. Um, Eve Miles has been a solid actor. Sorry as Gwen throughout this entire series. She's just been a real consistent, really good at the emotional side of things in this one. So in previous mm. Torchwood, she's been kind of flirty and all the rest of it. In this one, um, she, uh, yeah, she's just been really strong, but also mm. she's had, she's shown that she's been really good at showing her vulnerable side which is what we need from that character because she's been such a, a beep at times in previous Torchwood. Mm. And now that everything's cool with her and, and Reese and, and the, the baby that they've got. And yeah, I don't know. She's just, it, it finally feels like, which is a shame that they haven't done any more Torchwood because it feels like she's finally nailed that character. That's both likable and, um, and just badass as well at the same time. Yeah. She was yeah. definitely that in this last episode, but the final scene where she's, having a ruck with Kissinger in the lift. It's almost like a bit of a Scooby-Doo. Yeah, so uh, it was just bit. off. Yeah. And then she does this thing. So that, maybe tonally that's a bit of a problem as well because we're big fans of Children of Earth. That was such an amazing bit of Torchwood. Mm. And the last episode really hits home. It really ends on a yeah. on such a fantastic bit. And then this one, even though they've just sacrifice themselves and esther's been shot she's probably going to die and then all the people around the world are going to leave her and she's you know she's sad about her dad and everything we get these funny one-liners at the end like when smacking the crap out of kissinger in the lift and she's yeah. like how much bloody lipstick are you wearing sort of thing yes like, it was weird why are, you, why are you writing these funny quips you know and then at the very end after this massive world event has just happened you've got rex cracking jokes at the funeral do you know what I mean? Yeah, it I just, that. Yeah, I it's, was like, um, it, yeah, it, it ends on a very weird. The the only thing I can think of, the only thing I can put my mind to, is that they had more tortured in line after yeah, this, so they clearly. just yeah, so they didn't want to do the big goodbye, mm. 
mm. to all the characters and this is a big farewell to Torchwood. They just wanted to keep it rolling fairly light at the end, which would lead yeah. into, you know, which obviously didn't happen. So yeah, a bit of a, that scene very Scooby-Doo and the whole thing at the end feels very off tone because of what's just happened in the world. And secondly, yeah, it seems like a tonal shift from what we've just gone through 10 minutes before that in this very episode. Yeah. Yeah. The tone mate, you're right. The tonal shift was just bizarre towards the end of this episode. And I think that's, that's the other thing you talk about. I mean, thank goodness um, for Gwen because she, she is strong in this and she's the one who's like when Esther's shot, she's the one saying, of course you've got to go through with it. You know, I'm going to, I'm about to put a bullet through you, Jack, just let's get on with it. Let's get this done. And I'm thinking, I think Jack would normally be agreeing with her. I don't, that's very out of character for Jack to hesitate in the way he does because he's not going to sacrifice, you know, um, reversing this thing because of one person, Esther. You know, that's just not Jack, is it? He's practical. We know Jack's, mm -hmm. we know some of the things Jack's done. I mean, he killed his own daughter's son for goodness, sacrificed his own daughter's son, didn't he? So for him to even hesitate over going through with, fixing the miracle because of Esther, a character he, he doesn't even really know particularly well, you know, it was just stupid, really. I mean, thank goodness Gwen's the one saying, you know, of course we're going to go through with this. Stop hesitating. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the only person that would have really hesitated is Rex. I, you know, th that side of it, I understand. He would hesitate and say, oh, I don't know if I, I can do this now. But Jack wouldn't, would he? Why yeah. was Jack hesitating? He'd be like, he would be shouting at Rex, surely saying, you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, it, that didn't make any sense to me. But thank goodness Gwen stepped up to the plate, you know, because yeah, somebody needed to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody needed to. But that was strange to the tone, you know, like the laughing, like you said, at the funeral and stuff at the end. Like, clearly, they were setting up another series, mate. Clearly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so story-wise, narrative-wise, narrative -wise, tone-wise, all that stuff, um, not really landing, hitting the mark, no. unfortunately, as we get to the end of it. Let's talk, let's whiz through a couple of characters then. Mm -hmm. So, um, what did you think to um, just a couple of very small side characters? So, Charlotte Wills, who's the, the traitor in the CIA, played by Marina Benedict. Um, I quite liked her character just because she was something different within the, the, the boredom that was going on <laughs> with the yeah. main story. Yeah. So, she was very cool, even though she she knew she knew that her game was going to be up any minute because they very conveniently, out of nowhere, pulled out this trace program that conveniently they've never used oh. before. But conveniently, they can use it now. So yeah, so that was written in as a yeah, so that. But she was kind of cool because um, you know she she planted the bomb to sort of mask her getaway she basically killed a bunch of people like the the dude that was in star trek um that was uh uh the shapiro guy you know john john oh yeah john okay, delancey yeah. Uh, yeah. so he's dead his little agent that was helping him out he's dead everyone's dead so mm. she masked the getaway very good and then at the end she tries to do the same thing and conveniently rex was managed to remember the password for the agent's phone that conveniently ran the trace program conveniently before everything blew up. So um, yeah. you had that and then she dies. But she was kind of cool though because she was like this, a bit of an outlier. Like, is she really bad? Is she going to turn good for the sake of the world? Is she going to get caught? So that was, she was kind of cool. Yeah, she's one of the better 
side characters in it. I think her performance was pretty good, wasn't it? She was quite believable as this sneaky mole infiltrating them and stuff. So, yeah, I think she was all right. I think, again, a little bit of wasted potential. I think her character um, could have been utilised a lot better because I think she, she had the potential to be pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, she was good in the scene she got. Let's put it that way. She just, I think, could have been used better. But yeah, good, good acting and good, good character. I thought. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about we had the blue-eyed guy turn up at the end? Oh, the, the I agent. He was a bit, you know. he was a bit yeah. men in black pantomime acting. I didn't think he was very good. Dude, I was just about to say that they almost tried what, to do like black? a men in blacky kind of yeah. thing. So that was um, Kitzinger. So at the end, she's basically desperate. She's at the end of her rope because she's she obviously left the. Uh, the, uh, the PR firm that she was hired to sort of get Oswald Danes into the public eye. She left them when she was recruited by this guy to send her off to the blessing to do all that. Obviously, that's fallen on its bum. So now she's back like, well, I need a job. And uh, <laughs> in order to set up some more Torchwood, obviously, he didn't say, no, you're rubbish. See you later. He was like, well, actually, you've kind of proved yourself a little bit and we've got another job for you. <laughs> we've got yeah. another job for you. So follow me and you know, all that. But Kitzinger was an interesting character, I think in this one and throughout the series, because she was kind of a constant presence mm. and, um, you know, she sort of did the business a few times, a few good scenes. Really the best scenes was when she was losing it. So a few, a few episodes back when she really goes to town on Oswald Danes in a hotel room, Mm. and they have a proper fist fight she was good and then in this one with the fight with Gwen and stuff like that so she wasn't terrible she was okay but yeah a bit of a a constant presence and a lot of noise but not much bark other than a couple of scenes yeah I think she was um an intriguing character wasn't she um yeah I didn't mind Kissinger I just never quite sure what her motivations were for a lot of the stuff she did throughout this series. Um, never quite sure what her main goal was. You know, what's she trying to do? What's she trying to get at? But I guess if we just look at it from the fact she's a journalist doing her job, it kind of works. But yeah, uh, the uh, who was the actor who played her? She wasn't too bad. Um, Lauren Ambrose. Lauren Ambrose. Yeah, she fitted the role. And um, yeah, she's. Let's put it this way: if she was, if they did do another series, I think she had the potential to to bring something to it she definitely had something t- to the character so i wouldn't be i wouldn't have been disappointed if we'd seen more of her and then if they had done another series you know she, yeah. she definitely had a bit more to her than some of the people in it yes yeah uh okay what about um what about the character the mother played by um francis fisher she was the woman who kissinger links up with at the end she's at the blessing she's basically one of the higher ranking people in the three families oh, you know that's so, like the one i was on about earlier the yeah. new character they brought in yeah that one um fairly okay i think fairly good i think francis fisher is normally pretty good she's a bit of a staple in uk tv over the years but um again not much substance really and that kind of links into the other guy um the other guy that was uh at the other end of the planet from the three families as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, those two, uh, he was very weird as a character. He was quite, I don't know, smiling a lot and laughing. Um, you know, the guy who was captive, he was, um, he had Rex and Esther and he yeah, shot yeah. Esther, you know, that guy. So those two characters, yeah. um, you would have thought that they would have a bit more 
um, importance to them based on them being part of this very, um, you know, very powerful thing that's kind of set up this entire thing in the first place. Um, and they ended up just being a little bit of a, well, that's them, I suppose. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it, isn't it? It's just, again, just wasted potential because, uh, yeah, as actors go, they're not too bad, but the, the characters just weren't fleshed out enough. That's what I mean by them turning up so late in the day in the story. I mean, who are they? Like, what's their motivation? Why are they doing it? Um, mm. Not enough not enough characterization to really care about either of them, but the performances are okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're okay. They just didn't leave a mark. I mean, I, I mean, it shows because I had to just clarify with you, you know, is that the one we talk about? Because, yeah, they just didn't leave any impression particularly. No. No, there's a few other characters littered throughout this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, PC Andy's back. He's with Reese back in of Wales. Course. You know they're yeah. sorting out Gwen's dad and stuff, and Gwen's mum's there. They've, they've been it for a few times. They're not really in it enough. The only cool thing was when um, Reese was with Gwen's dad. You know he gets a bit emotional. You get the feeling mm-hmm. that those two weren't sort of the best of family members over the years because yeah, you know. But the- in this last bit, you know, he is quite. That's quite a nice scene. And Kai Owen's always brilliant. He is good. He's like Gwen, isn't he? He's like uh, Eve Miles. He's very consistently good in his performance. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what about um, Bill Pullman then? Because his character mm. sort of comes full circle at the end. He knows, you get the feeling that he knows he's going to die. He knows he's on his way out. And yeah. that's because, unlike Rex, who's got Jack's blood in his body, when the miracle ends, he's going to die. And so he wants to be in control. You know, Jack had already given him like a little bit of a speech in the last episode um, when he finds out that Jack's from the future and all that stuff. He sort yeah. of belittles him a little bit. So now he's got the, the the bombs on the vest and he wants to go out his way and he's going to take some people with him and stuff. So he his character kind of comes full circle. And I think Bill Pullman actually played him pretty well. You You often got the feeling that he's a real creepy... Mm. you know so he, as an actor he played that part exactly written you know you wanted to dislike him you wanted to mm. think you know you're a, a bit of a beep and you know and when you do finally die that's going to be you know a good thing for that character because he's such an unlikable dude so i think bill pullman had a had a really good performance throughout the series again a bit like eve miles a bit of a constant good performance from him Yes, definitely a good performance. I was going to say, because I, I can't bear the character. It makes my blood curl, but that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, and it's, yeah, it's a good performance from Bill Pullman. I'm, again, I'm not quite sure sort of his whole story arc is a bit strange, but it, at least it fits in, you know, the fact that it's um, he's saved and, you know, this awful, dreadful person gets to live. And, you know, it's, it's quite an interesting concept, but it's quite an uncomfortable um concept as well because of his character being what he is yeah um, but yeah very well played by bill paulwood and um th- yeah it does kind of come full circle i mean i did wonder at the end i thought why are they bringing him along like i didn't wouldn't they just leave him tied up somewhere i don't didn't quite get why jack and gwen had brought him to the cave but you know for convenience and wrapping up the story and the fact he finally blows up and i mean i think that's the thing at least because he's so unlikable, at least you feel something when mm. he finally, you think, oh, he's finally got his comeuppance. You know, that at least there's some emotion there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, thank goodness for that. He's finally gone. That, you know, so there is something 
to be said for that. But yeah, yeah, good performance from Bill Pullman throughout this whole series, really. He's been, again, one of the few constants and few good things about it, really. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've spoken about Mickey Pfeiffer as Rex. We've spoken about Eve I Miles. I found him annoying. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, mm-hmm. Alexa Havins as Esther. A uh, bit of a sad end for her. Um, yeah. She was, uh, you always got the feeling that she was just going to be like Rex's little CIA buddy and they were going to go back to work and mm-hmm. and resume all that stuff because she clearly likes him. And I don't think he likes her back in quite the same way. They didn't go that far no. with it. But uh, a bit of a sad end for her. And she was okay. I, I like the fact that by the end of the series, she had kind of um, toughened up a bit, you know. And yeah. There was a video call at the beginning when, you know, they're talking to um, Shapiro and like, you know, we can we can sort this out. You know, we didn't we need some backup and all that stuff. Mm. And he's like, ah, Esther Drummond, remind me to arrest you, you know, yes. you know, when this is over. And she just gives him this smile like, yeah, whatever, mate. So I like the fact that she had toughened up a bit and she had a bit of sass about her by the end. But she was pretty cool. Alexa Havins. I didn't. She was a bit mousy and quiet and not much going on in the first part of the series, but she wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? She she was so weak at the start of this series. She only really started to get good about halfway through the series. It's almost as if there was a bit of a shift in tone with the mm. way she was written. Um, I think it all started when she beat that guy up. You know, there was that, that guy yeah. who was torturing... Rex oh, yeah. in the basement yeah. and, and Esther came in and kicked his ass, mm. didn't she? And I thought, wow, where did that come from? Because mm. she's been this little mousy, shy thing up until now of a pretty weak character and she's suddenly coming in and, and being like this. And so from that point, I think her, there was a shift in her the tone of her character for the better. Um, and I think, yeah, I wish they'd just um, leaned into that a bit more because... In this episode, she's quite strong as well. You feel like she's getting stuff done. And, you know, you st- I was just starting to think she was quite good, literally, just before she got shot, really. I was thinking, oh, mm. that's a shame. Uh, yeah, I wish they had, we'd seen more of that from her because when she was written like that, she was she gave a good performance and I liked the character, but it took a bit too long for us to get there, really. I read you. Yeah, no, I agreed, mate. Yes. Um, and then lastly, I'd like to talk about John Barrowman then. As Captain mm-hmm. Jack, because let's face it, Torchwood, for the most part, is Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. For the most part, he's the one that's been there through most of it. Let's agree, and you know he's self-appointed leader, I guess. And uh, yes, in this one, he has sort of double duty, I suppose, because he's leading Torchwood or trying to lead Torchwood, even when he kind of gives the impression to Rex early on in the series that the CIA are managing Torchwood. He's still he's still the guy in charge. And then secondly. We've got this whole thing around um, the flashback episode with Angelo and his blood being taken. So he's like, he's the he's the catalyst, or his blood is the catalyst for this whole thing. So he's got double duty, and I think, I think for the most part, he's been okay, John Barrowman. I think mm. pr- um, prior to Children of Earth, as we were reviewing series one and two and whatever, we often said that sometimes John Barrowman. He has a mix of being very, very sincere and then also a mix of, oh, this is amazing. I'm in an adult part of Doctor Who and I can swear and shout and I can, you know, really go to town on some of the sex scenes. And you just think, you know, sometimes that's not, it, it feels like your performance is, is, I wouldn't say fake, but mm. I don't know. He's trying to push it in a certain direction just because it's an adult show. 
and I think in Children of Earth, he was very, very good. We, I think we did. We agree that he was really good. I think so. Yes, yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah. In so like I think Children of Earth. Yeah, yeah. So I think throughout this one, he he's not the best Captain Jack that we've seen. No. In Torture as a whole, but he wasn't bad either. In some of the scenes that in some of the episodes and scenes where it's just him and another character, I think that's when he shined or mm. shone, sorry, he shined. That's when he shone the most. The bits where he's just being shouty Jack, like he is in the last five, ten minutes of this one, it feels like that's the kind of forced um, sort of performance from him. But John Barrowman overall, still very cool as Captain Jack. I think we can all agree. It's just sometimes, yeah, especially in this episode, he... Uh, and I don't think it's his fault sometimes either. I think sometimes the stuff that's written for him, yeah, like in the last bit of this where he's just expositioning out of his beep oh, God, all yeah. over the place. I don't think that's. <laughs> I don't think John Barrowman would have done that off his own back if he was writing for it. I think that's just how it was written sometimes. But overall, good, but not amazing. John Barrowman that we've seen in previous. No, I don't think it's it's not his like highlight or standout. Um, performance or series uh, at all but it's not to say he's bad in, in any way he's still he's still good throughout the series i just don't think his performance or the way he's written uh, i agree i think sometimes it's very much down to the, you know the stuff he gets to say and do um i don't think it's consistent like eve miles as as uh, gwen she just is so good in every episode i think even though ones that have been pretty ropey <clears throat> whereas yeah. barrowman he brings he brings something to the series. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Torchwood wouldn't be the same without Captain Jack. I don't think. Having said that, if they were to bring it back now, and with all the stuff, and you know, not to get into this, but with all the stuff that has gone on with Barrowman recently, if they were to bring it back and have and not have him in it, you know, and I think the Torchwood range on Big Finish are going down this route. It seems like they're uh, almost getting rid of the character it seems um and pushing other characters forward if they were to bring back torchwood now without captain jack but have eve miles gwen cooper as the lead as the as the head of torchwood i think that could work because i think she's probably the strongest most consistent character and i would definitely watch it i think i would definitely i could get i could get on board with that but it wouldn't be the same you know i think I, i think it would work I think she could put build up a new team around her, and I think it'd be a good series. Um, but he definitely brings something, even in even in the episodes where he's not written as well, or his performance seems a bit lackluster or going through the motions. You know, I don't think Torch would be the same without Captain Jack, because it's he's an intriguing character, isn't he? And I do agree with you about them. You know, t- they do take away a bit of the mythos. Is that the right word from his character yeah, in this? So. Yeah, there yeah. is that, which uh, I absolutely agree with you they take away a bit of the mystery but yeah it it's just wouldn't be the same without him i think but i could get on board with a gwen cooper led torchwood for sure i would say that'd be awesome yeah yeah i think she's definitely strong enough to yes. carry that for sure absolutely yeah. yeah yeah okay is there anything else on your notes for the bloodline or for miracle day in general that you want to mention dude before we stick a, a score on this no, not really, mate. I just my only overall feeling is that I just find it such a contrast in series. Uh, I've never known such a 
difference in going from such a high of Children of Earth and how we couldn't wait to watch every episode and how we raved about it and, and how well it, it stood the test of time, you know, because Children of Earth is, is a few years old now, you know, it's, it's, it's got a few years under the belt and it still stood up as a fantastic piece of science fiction television. Um, uh, for me, the best series of Torchwood by far. So to go from that to quite a big low, of children of uh, of uh, miracle day is a shame and because i didn't finish it properly when it was on the tv i was looking forward to revisiting this i thought i really hoped it'd be even if it wasn't amazing i really hoped that watching it from the start and, and watching it properly it would have some substance to it that i didn't see in it before and that yeah. i would at least enjoy it on some level um, but I can honestly say it's been a struggle. It didn't help that we we had to have such a big gap in the middle because um, that dragged it out even more. But the series as a whole has been a struggle. It's not one that I'm going to revisit anytime soon. And uh, it's, it's it's a shame because I don't... The other thing that I don't like is that for now, apart from the big Finnish audios, which seem to be doing well, um, and I'm intrigued to check out more of those, but... For now, this is where Torchwood ended on TV. And I think it's a shame that, you know, it's a shame that it finished like this. So in some ways, I hope yeah. at some point we get more. Maybe we will, mate. Russell's got a few things under his belt, hasn't he? So maybe That's we'll true. get some more. But um, yeah, it's just a shame after Children of Earth to go from that to this. Um, something went wrong somewhere, mate. And I almost wish, I know it sounds a silly thing to say, but I almost wish this didn't exist. I, I kind of wish children of earth was where we'd finished. Cause it was so good. Whereas this just to me is just going to sit on the shelf now and gather mm. dust. It, it may That's as well true. not be there, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, that is a bit of a, sh I get what you're saying. It's a bit of a shame that we went from such a high in terms of storytelling and everything with children of earth to, mm. to this as the last ever thing. I mean, is torture done and dusted for TV at the moment? I think it is mate. I think I, I think so. I can't see anybody. I think it's going to be quite a few years before anybody even thinks about bringing Torchwood back. I think it's going to have one of those. I think at some point it will have a, a little bit of a revival, but I think it's going to be more from a, we, we need a, a much bigger space of time to have elapsed before that happens. It's a bit like, you know, when they brought back Cobra Kai after the Karate Kid films. Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean by that and you yeah, revisit yeah. the people and you get back into the story and stuff i think it's going to be like that kind of thing I, I honestly can't see them wanting to bring tortured back within the next i don't know decade yeah i don't know i think there. um would you agree there's still a big audience out there for it though i do believe that there are a lot of fans out there that would still if they were to announce the tortured to tomorrow a new series or whatever, I think a lot of fans would lap it up. I think there is still quite a good fan base for Torchwood out there, even after all these years and even after this dreadful series that people generally, genuinely, generally Genuinely. don't consider, they yeah. don't rate this series highly. I mean, it's not just us. It's I very rarely hear anyone defending mm. this series, but there still is quite a big chunk of fan base out there for Torchwood, surprisingly. Yeah, no, I get that, dude. And I think, I mean, we like you said, Russell's got some, it's got a few bits up the old sleeve and you never know. Mm. You, know you absolutely never know. So within the next year or two, it could be a, a cheeky announcement. Here's, a, here's a, mm. a new series of Torchwood. It could happen, but I just cannot, I cannot see it when there's lots of other cool things 
um, to be doing in the world of Doctor Who right now. Yeah, anyway, I can't see it at the minute. Yeah, yeah, it could come back, but I get what you're saying anyway. Mm. Ah, okay, the bloodline. What's your issue to go first? What's your score out of 10, bud? Uh, I'm struggling with a score with this, mate. I was kind of hoping it was your turn to go first, actually. Is it my turn to go first? I don't think it is, but go oh. on, you go first, because I'm not sure what to score this. Okay, I'm going to give this episode a 5.5 because I think it's kind of middle of the roadie and I'm also influenced a lot by the series as a whole of course and I think it's just a bit of a a bit of a missed opportunity to end Torchwood if this was the end that they knew on Mm. on a much bigger much stronger thing so I'm not going to go over all the negatives again we've done that I don't want to be negative ninny but yeah Mm. it's kind of of middle of the road but I'm giving it an extra point just because some of the performances were very, very good, like Eve Miles, Bill Pullman, um, and and John Barrowman, on and off. Okay, yeah. mate. Well, that has, that has helped me, actually, because I wrote down six out of ten. And the only reason I was hesitating and wanted you to go first is because I wasn't sure if that was too high, because I didn't really think it was a particularly good episode, but I also didn't think it was bad or boring. Well, I did find it boring, but you know what I mean? I didn't think it was slow. So and the performances were good. So yeah, I'll go with a six out of ten. Then that's that's about right, I think. A six, right? Yeah. What I just need to know though, what would you rate the series overall? Overall, I'd give it a five. A five. Yeah, I'd, I'd give the whole thing just a very middle of the road ish, mm. take it or leave it kind of series for me. It's a straight five. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'd probably give it a six. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. There were bits, were there? There were some good bits. Would I go seven? No, I don't know. Six or seven. Probably six Okay. overall. But yeah. Yeah. From a serious perspective for me, there were more poor parts than there were, than there were good parts. So I can't yeah. go higher than a five middle of the road. Just, yeah. Okay, then. So 5.5 from me, a six from him. What did our listeners think? Over on the Twitter, Will Sanger said, <laughs> finally, it's over. Yeah. As a conclusion, it spends a lot of time hanging around with not much going on in the first half. Then it's purely exposition. Uh, I'm uninterested in, although there is quite a bit of clever solution with Jack's blood. As a serial story overall, this was worse than Flux. <laughs> oh, well. Wow. Uh, who Clive hyphen Lewis in, in the space says, mm-hmm. uh, good, then you can kill it with fire. I was hoping it would be better after so long, but I was wrong. It's proof that even under Russell T. Davis, you can get turkeys. But hopefully this was more network interference, etc. Yeah, hopefully. Yes, Mm. Chippy T uh, says, Good bit. The scene where the mole is uncovered, Esther killed, and the resurrection of Rex. Bad. Stupid hole through the earth. Dane's story pestering out. RTD overseeing right in this. Uh, four for this episode and a 4.5 overall uh, after children of earth what a letdown yes big time uh, uh owen dr Holmes says it's over messy ending and unsatisfying a poor end for the show as a whole five out of ten miracle day had brilliant potential some executed well the early story set up everything well but it desperately falls apart so miracle yeah. day overall gets a seven definitely uh ripple meta god rich uh, Ian Rihanna Rich says I've always thought that Miracle Day was five episodes too long there yep. is a very good story at its heart but it's drawn out making some of the middle episodes feel um, fairly mediocre starts well enough but fizzles out the ending is also a bit anticlimactic overall a six out of ten 
Six, yeah. Um, Dan L says, I really liked how they ended Oswald Dane's story. I don't like a redemptive sacrifice. I find it deeply unsatisfactory trope. So I love how RTD managed to make it so that Dane's got the sacrifice, but none of the redemption. That's a good mm, one. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, sacrificing himself to save the day, but spending his last moments taunting his victim uh, that he was coming to get her. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And lastly on Twitter, Will Sanger. Um, no, I've already done Will. Sorry. I've already done Will. Cheers, Will. Uh, thank you to everyone else on Twitter. Over on Facebook, just one message over there. Andrew Stewart says, there's one word for this. Careful. Disappointing. Oh, Come to think of it, there is another word that rhymes with pit. <laughs> uh, it's such an anti-climax and Esther getting killed feels unnecessary the ending is cool with Rex waking up after being shot it's worrying that this was allowed by uh, by RTD as he was under the least amount of stress shows RTD was never perfect well none of us are yeah also there should be only one spin-off he oversees at a time mm. hmm. uh, Andrew gives it a 2.5 out of 10 <sighs> And it hurts me to give a Torchwood episode this low rating. Oh, Andrew. That's got to be one of the lowest ratings we've had, isn't it? Um, No, we've had ones throughout Miracle Day. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, so, okay. So, um, I think that was kind of expected from our our very dear listener that um, the scores would be relatively low or sort of middle of the road. So, that concludes all of Torchwood. Yay, that feels good, though. The relief... is there. We did it. We, we did, did it. it. I think we should thank those listeners for sticking with us. Actually, the ones that have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> commented each week. Because I'll be honest with you, I thought by the by the time we got halfway through this series, I was expecting people to have not bother you know I, I honestly thought are we actually going to get anyone watching this every week with us? You know, the, especially those of you that have already seen it. Because quite frankly, I wouldn't want to watch this again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks to the listeners that have stuck with it and given us your views each week and. And those of you that have uh, <laughs> watched along, um, I've just got visions of the clockwork orange, you know, your eyes being forced open. I will watch this. I will finish it with them. Uh, so, yeah, thanks to you guys for watching <laughs> along with us and commenting each week because uh, it's always interesting to hear your thoughts because, you know, sometimes you agree with us, sometimes you don't. And it's always nice to hear different opinions. So, yeah, cheers for sticking with us, guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, thank you very much. We did have a few people on Twitter saying, I just cannot do this anymore, guys. <laughs> we love you. But this one, yeah, so Twitter was very cool and, and the socials. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for thank you for the, the team effort. It's been very good. Mm. Right, now that that's done, we're going to go back to our kind of regular um, rotation of stories. But we are completely done with all of modern Doctor Who. Amazing. With the exception of a couple of Christmas specials. So we're not going to do those now. We're going to save those for, surprise, surprise, Christmas or December, whatever. So we've, we've literally done. That's all of hot modern Doctor Who done. So Sarah Jane, modern Doctor Who, Torchwood, waxed off. All good. Wow. All good. So now uh, it's going to be uh, just a, a crazy ride of all the, <laughs> all hmm. the classic Who um and that's going to be from next week onwards so bud what are we reviewing next week yeah so next week we'll be diving into a fourth doctor classic and it's the seeds of doom wow the seeds of doom uh, yes. how many parts is this is it four six i think this six, is a six six parter. six parter i believe yeah wow. yeah a bit of uh, doctor and sarah jane action in this one so i'm looking forward to it yeah yeah it's going to be cool so um yeah well that's going to be um all of classic who from next week onwards 
and the seeds of doom. And on that note, I think it's a good time to wrap up 371, dude. All righty. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Big Blue Box Podcast. That was episode 371. As uh, we come to the end of Torchwood, the shoulders feel lighter now. We're smiling. It's all good. (laughs) And uh, just want to echo as well what Adam said again. Thank you so much for um, coming back and listening to these reviews of Torchwood. I know that Miracle Day is not the the shining light of that series, but... um, uh, we certainly wasn't going to just abandon it and, and give up, so uh, so that's very cool. As Adam said, next week for our Classic Who review, it's the fourth Doctor story, The Seeds of Doom. So get your DVDs out for that, or get BritBox fired up, whatever you've got, because we'll be asking for your thoughts and your scores as always. In the meantime, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you're following us or subscribing on there so you won't miss an episode when it lands every Friday. You can also listen for free on the website, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk alongside those you can also read all of the amazing reviews and articles from our writing team those guys are very cool and um you can check those out we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook links on the website we chat lots of doctor who throughout the week so come and get involved over there and we have a very cool free discord server a links on the website hop in there loads of other very cool who fans come get involved over there also don't forget to remember to check out adam's channel over on youtube it is of course the geeks handbag the Geek Sandbag guests go and have a look at my YouTube channel, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and, uh, <laughs> and enjoy my videos over there. Lots of geeky stuff for you to enjoy. Also on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Oh, it's because I normally say Insta last. Oh, I've lost <laughs> it. I've lost the thread. <laughs> uh, yes, go into order things. And uh, yes, we will see you next time. Until then, remember. Uh, oh. Hey. 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 hey.